one day I just kind of had this desire of like, I need my own thing, right? My whole life I had been little Froberg or, um, or Froberg's little brother or the youngest one over there, you know what I mean? And so I really had a desire to, um, to kind of do my own thing and start my own path. Welcome to Creating Community, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and others together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We normally record this podcast at 1820 Coffee House. However, today we're recording this episode at the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. Thank you to the Chamber for letting us come in and record. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. You can use Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen. If you don't have a podcast app you use, you can listen directly from our website at 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast. In this episode of Creating Community, we're speaking with Tyler Froberg. Tyler's the farm manager for Hope Farms in the South Houston area. Tyler, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me here, y'all. I'm excited. Yeah, you seem excited. You came in with a big smile on your face. Although, I will say, every time I see you, you, you pretty much have a big smile on your face. They, hashtag smiley farmer. There you go. <laughs> smiley there farmer. You go. All right, we're changing it from Farmer Froberg to Smiley Fer- That's Farmer. It. That's yeah. it. So tell us a little bit about your your background growing up. Sure. So uh, I'll just start from the beginning. So um, obviously born and raised about, uh, what what is it, six, eight miles from if the that. building yeah, we're sitting that. in. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So my family's farmed in, uh, in Alvin since 1936 and uh, um, born and raised here, graduated from Alvin High School, 2010. Very active in uh, FFA growing up, right. uh, served as our chapter president, a district officer, a number of roles. Um, after the Army, or sorry, after high school, I went back and forth on what my career goals were going to be, uh, but ultimately I made the decision to join the Army. Right. Um, I knew that I wanted to go to school, um, and I also knew that I wanted to pay for it myself. Didn't want to do all the crazy student loans and all that, right. and I figured the Army would be the best place to do that. I wanted to see the world too. I never really left Alvin. Okay. So I did that. I served four years in the United States Army. Had a had a great time, right? Met a lot of wonderful people, saw the world. Uh realized Alvin was a pretty good place to live. Not a bad place. Uh, yeah, right? not yeah. not a not a bad place. So uh came back home, worked on the family farm. Um until one day I just kind of had this desire of like, I need my own thing, right? My whole life I had been little Froberg or, um, <laughs> or Froberg's little brother or the youngest one over there, you know what I mean? And so I really had a desire to, um, to kind of do my own thing and start my own path. And so I knew I wanted to go to school. That was my whole reason for joining the army. So um, that's exactly what I did. Started night classes at Alvin Community College uh, while working at my family's place. Um, found a program at Texas Tech. University. I uh, did not travel to Lubbock. They have a great online program in plant and soil science. You do have to, they oh, have wow. to partner with your local community college and make sure that they can get all the classes you need. Uh, so just constant communication there. But huh. um, did that. Shout out to Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, they really worked with me uh, and made sure I had what I needed. That's cool. Yeah, so, that's got to be quite a money saver, saver as well, Having not exactly. having to go to Lubbock and exactly. be able to do everything here. Very cool. Well, let's back up because you buried the lead a little bit. Froberg is a fairly common, famous name <laughs> in this part of the country um, because you drive down Highway 6 sure. and there's this huge farm sure. that during strawberry picking season, there's, there's Everybody a line is the there. Door. Yeah. yeah, everybody's there. And so, and now you enter from Highway Six as opposed to coming in on the backside. Yeah, one ninety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, I guess the way I look at it is, 
you say you grew up on a farm, but you grew up on a farm, farm. <laughs> on the farm, yeah, right? Yeah, I guess you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Since you know, it's interesting. So the the road one ninety uh, that that uh, where the entrance used to be off of right. our house that we grew up in was on the other side. A lot of people don't realize that my family had owned land on the other side of that huh. as well. And so, just you know, interesting dynamic growing up. Uh, you know, really close all your family members you know all yeah. the cousins right there everybody's right there you know what i mean um yeah. and that's a whole rabbit hole of like how to eat right like right. eat growing up eating um real food right and th- you know that's a big part of what i do now um yeah. but uh yeah yeah well right you know my, my grandfather was a farmer in nebraska and he wanted to go to the military so bad that he sold his hundreds of acres of farm his gas station joined the military went off uh, I can tell you that that farmer gene did not pass through my mother to me. And you're talking about four generations now. Sure. So was there always pressure on you to be a farmer of some sort? Absolutely not. None at all? None at all. I'm the only, pretty much the only one in my generation involved uh, in agriculture. Really? You know, most of the family has helped out on the farm through some way or another. But I'm the only one who does it for a living in my generation. Wow. Yeah, no pressure. We were all encouraged to do to whatever do, you yeah, whatever to do. we wanted to do. And this just happened to be it. Well and, and so part of your journey is you taught ag at I did. high school. Yeah, so that, that led up to me finishing college. And so I did end up uh, leaving my family's farm just because school became so much, right? I worked seven days a week, usually fourteen hours a day at my family's place. Um, my day usually started at three AM and ended around six PM. And so um it was just so much to manage school and that. Uh, I can uh, see that. And I had met, just met my wife. And, we, you know what I mean? We were really trying to start things out right. So I ended up getting a job serving as the urban forester for the city of Pearland, um, which most people don't know what that is, right? Uh, most municipalities, over 100,000 or so population, right. they hire an urban forester. This is a, an urban horticulturalist who managed the greenscape appropriately. Really? Usually okay. either involved in planning and zoning or parks and rec, one okay. of the two, or both, as I did in the city of Pearland. Um, and so that's the job that I worked through the second two years of my schooling. Um, and it made me a better horticulturalist in the end. I really got to hone those skills. Huh. Um, and so after uh, I graduated college, um, Alvin ISD was hiring for a uh, ag barn manager. They just built the new facility there on 190, no, and they nice. needed someone to, uh, you know, to, to, to run the operations of it. And so I got on with that uh, and was in the right place at the right time where a vacancy became open in a teacher position and they moved me right on in. Wow. So that was kind of my long-term career goal was I wanted to be an ag teacher. I FFA played such a huge part of my life, right. really, um, you know, honed my speaking skills, honed my leadership skills, all these things at a very young age. And so I never thought, I thought Alvin ISD, this is it. My wife works for Alvin ISD. This is, we're staying here, you know. Um, and then, uh, almost two years ago, I got an email on my LinkedIn of all places. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you hear all of these things, like, you got to have a LinkedIn. If you're a professional, you got to right. have a LinkedIn. So I get an email on LinkedIn, and it says, hey, we're a small nonprofit farm. We just got a huge grant through the USDA to train veterans to be oh, farmers. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh, we're looking for a veteran, a farmer, 
and someone who's been an ag teacher to take on this role. Huh. <laughs> so not a lot of people fit that role. I'm so guessing. they had a very slim <laughs> list of people to choose from, Wow, <laughs> especially in this area. And so uh, I told him, no, what? <laughs> this was February. <laughs> Go find somebody I said, else. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. You know, I love teaching. I had built such a strong relationship. I had, I had had some really cool accomplishments as a teacher as well, involving the, the youth and Alvin and, and I just had zero desire to leave. I loved working for Alvin ISD. They're a fabulous organization to work for. Uh, the team that I was surrounded by was incredible, right? The students, the families, everything was there. The community, you know? And I just said, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> so May came around of that year, and this was roughly two years ago, and they said, um, look, summer vacation's coming up, and you're a teacher. Just come and see the farm. You know, because oh, yeah. before I was like, I don't have time. We're running rodeos oh. and fairs. Sounds and like a salesman it. on the other Yeah, end. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and if you ever meet Gracie Kavanaugh, the latest behind these messages, you you would, that's it right there. Okay. She's a salesman for sure. Um, and uh, so I said, okay, I'll come see the farm. So immediately when I pull up, I'm like, okay, this place is pretty cool. <laughs> Citrus as far as the eye could see, oh, wow. which is, you know, I, we talked before we started about how my dad really brought us up in growing citrus, right? I was grafting citrus by, by the time I was a sophomore in high school. And so I pull up to this place and out walks this redheaded woman, Gracie, who I just mentioned before. And, and she gives me the, the spiel, you know what I mean? The five-minute spiel about how they're a nonprofit farm and they're growing food for this this food desert of a community where they're poverty stricken and there's no fresh food available and how they got this wonderful grant from the USDA to train veterans just like myself who want to be farmers, but don't know how to get started. And they have these educational programs and all this. And I, by the end of it, I was like, okay, where do, where do I sign? Where do I <laughs> sign? Like, what do I do here? And so I started basically right then. Wow. Right then I started uh, at Hope Farms. Wow. So how did your wife take that? <laughs> A long talk, right? Yeah. I mean, like like anything. Um, I mean, there's definitely perks when when you both work for an organization like right. Alvin ISD, and so there was there was lots of talks. I tell you, I didn't make the move for like uh, all the benefits, if you will. Right. Um, but to follow a passion and something that that I could see hopefully making a difference at some point. Right. Um, and so, just to give a a little description of the farm, yeah. right? We're a seven acre urban farm. Uh, we grow diversified fruits and vegetables. Our main goal down at the core is to feed the community of Sunnyside, which is a poverty-stricken food desert um, in this area. Hmm. And so um, we do a, a farm store on farm oh, wow. every Saturday from 9 to 1 okay. where all the produce that I grow, uh, if you're from that zip code, it's sold at a, uh, a discounted rate. Okay, We take programs like SNAP and EBT and things like that. And then we also Fantastic. have a uh, subscription box, a CSA, that goes out across yeah. across the town. So is that only available in that zip code, or no? Nope. In fact, that? the marketing for that's completely different. Really? Right? That that is almost a fundraising type, right? Wow. Um, there's a donation tied into it to the organization, right. and and our produce ships all over the seven county area um, for that. Wow, that's a pretty yeah. wide uh, range of pretty area. wide range. And then we we go to two markets. We go to Bearings in actually in the city. Okay, uh, it's like a it's kind of like Stanton's, sure. but in the city. Uh, and they do a little market on Thursdays, so we go there on Thursdays. And then we're at Tootsie's, which is another place in the city on Friday. Okay, hmm. wow. Yeah, so four ways to to purchase our goods to find your stuff. Find yeah, your stuff. absolutely. Cool. We have everything from our honey, our on farm honey. To our fruits and vegetables, right? So you're you're pulling in. You said you're 
pulling in veterans that are coming in and learning the process, those kind of things, urban youth as well? Uh, we we do certainly partner with with high schools. Actually, Alvin FFA is coming uh, really? on February twenty seventh. Uh, Fantastic! Out but so the program that's you know that was the core of what I was brought over to do before taking on the task of running the farm. Right. Um, was to write the curriculum for a ninety day to a one year training program. Wow! And so okay. that's what started me in the organization. Was I wrote a curriculum for ninety days and a and a whole year long veteran farmer training program. Well, let me ask you this because. I understand it, but why is it important for farming to kind of exist in America, (laughs) right? Yeah, so food, fiber, and natural resources. That is agriculture. Food, fiber, and natural resources, and we all use it every day, period. (laughs) Uh, You know, we can talk on and on about the economic benefits of, of agriculture and all these other things, but ultimately what it comes down to is food, Fiber and natural resources. We all use it every day. There you go. That's a good answer. So, So, sorry. Are you still happy that you made that switch? Extremely happy. Okay. Yeah. uh, The rewards of growing food in a capacity where we sell direct to a consumer, um, the rewards know no boundaries. And you're, and you're seeing those people that are coming in from week to week. Do you I, see the same people over and over? Or I is am it hugging all the these people are that you? I see every week, right. week to week. Um, they pull up to the farm store. I call them by name, right? Obviously now we're contactless drive through delivery, right. but I call these people by name through the window, scream it if I have to, right? Chefs come out to the farm. We walk the fields. We pick everything at its peak flavor, peak ripeness. They take it and do magic with it. You know what right. I mean? These are trained hands. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. That's it's incredible. that's fantastic. So, are you are you hitting? Do you have chefs that come in from from those seven, same seven counties, or are they yeah, more so, localized? Or yeah, Harris County, Brazoria County, yeah. Montgomery County, Galveston County, yeah. you know, Fort Bend County, the the greater you know, which HGAC is defined as the seven county area yeah. from right. Brazoria to Huntsville, Galveston to College Station. You know, wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the size of Rhode Island is what. You're yeah, saying. exactly. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Brazoria County is the side of size yeah, of Rhode right. Island. Um, so what's some of the challenges that you found kind of educating people about farming and yeah, sure. So we have taught a large number of people that they didn't want to be a farmer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) there's several things to remember about fruit and vegetable farming in this area is that the first thing being is our summers are brutal. Uh, you know, 105 degrees, 99% humidity. They're, they're awful. Right. Uh, and you have to push through it, right? We still have to keep the lights on in the summer. The second thing is, is not only do we grow all summer, we grow 52 weeks out of the year. We don't have an off season. Right. We never stop. I have, my fields are just as full right now as they are in the summer. Some stuff. Exactly. Yeah. We brought some, some gifts for y'all today, some citrus and some lettuce and wheat and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so we never stop. And so the, the, uh, mental health, capacity of someone to work those type of rigorous hours 52 weeks out of the year has to be brought into question right right uh and so we've we've certainly showed people that they didn't want to be farmers which is a good thing right um rather we we would we would much rather give the living stipend that we get through the usda to the veteran for three months or to the trainee for three months versus them going and taking out a loan right to buy land and property and, and yeah. equipment, and then they file for bankruptcy nine months into it, a year into it, however long into it, right? right? We would much rather avoid those things and teach them in 90 days that they didn't want to be a farmer. And it, it does seem to me that there's also something very romanticized about farming. 
um, the people. Absolutely. But then also there's a very tactile thing to me of farming in that when you go and pick a field, when you pick the citrus off of a field, you can see where you started, where you ended for the day. And to me, I did construction years ago, and there was a sense of accomplishment. Like, Mm -hmm. I started here. Gratification. Yeah. Yeah, so – on the gratification note, then I want to come back to the romanticized part. On the gratification note, agriculture is the constant belief in tomorrow. We plant a seed, we believe it'll germinate. We we breed a calf, we believe it'll birth. We right, it's the constant belief in tomorrow. It's faith, as some people would call it. Right. Um, and so yeah, there's but there's instant gratification to it too, right? When we finally reap the seeds we sow, literally and figuratively, um, it is. It's that instant gratification. You see it right then. Yeah. Right. But to, to back up a little bit and make, I want to make a comment on your romanticized uh, comment. Um, Amazon Prime documentaries is the best and worst thing that has happened to our industry. <laughs> okay. So it's the best thing because it has romanticized what we do absolutely, and has brought a more awareness from a consumer standpoint. But it has also romanticized what we do. Hasn't shown... The 105 degree days in August. Yeah, right. <laughs> it hasn't shown, um, you know, battling a bobcat, getting your chickens every couple of weeks. It hasn't. Right. There's a few that have, but most of them don't, yeah. right? And so it's the. I always say because people always ask, "What's your favorite ag documentary?" Like, oh no, the one <laughs> I make myself. <laughs> yeah, they're the best and worst things that have happened to yeah. our to our industry. I bet. Let's take a quick break. Sure. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Tyler Froberg. 1820 Marketing is the sponsor of this podcast. And if you have marketing needs, we can help. Now more than ever, professional marketing can separate your business from the competition. If what you're doing isn't working for you, it's time to try something different. 1820 Marketing, something different. Contact us at 1820marketing.com. And if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, we'd love to talk to you about it. Our goal is to reach our community, and you can be a part of that. Just contact us at marketing at 1820coffeehouse.com. Now back to the show. All right. So you were talking about, before the break, you were talking about Amazon Prime showing the videos, the documentaries. It's the best and the worst. To to that, you've kind of taken on that role yourself, right? So I know you're on live TikTok right now, so people that are on your your fans can see you right now. Um, tell me tell me what you're doing through the course of the day with TikTok and getting the word out there as to what you're doing, because I'm sure people see that you are definitely a hard worker because you're there <laughs> from morning till night. I know I get notifications all the time that you're going live, and I, I honestly I just can't watch them all. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so I'd like to back up and say up until about a year ago, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, I had no social media, right? When I joined the Army, I made the decision to cut it all off, yeah. and I, I never got back on. I just didn't see – I didn't recognize the value in it, especially at the time of what I was doing in my life. Sure. Um, and then about a year ago, 18 months ago, I just looked out of the farm, and I was like – People need to see this. People need to see the real thing. I'm sure someone asked me about documentaries, and I'm thinking, what if I just showed people the real deal? Don't hide anything. Don't, you know, shades and mirrors. Don't only show the good stuff, but show everything. Mm -hmm. And so um, it had a little bit to do with some of my students, my past students, too. Like, hey, guys, how can I keep in touch with you? And they're like, Mr. Froberg, get TikTok. And I'm like, I'm like, 
Yeah, flash to 60,000 followers later, what? you know. Um, and so, yeah, I, first off, I, I do, and anybody on my live right now as well, or anybody listening, like, if you go to my pages, you're going to see the real thing. You're going to see what it's like seven days a week to to live and work a diversified fruit and vegetable farm in the Texas Gulf Coast. Yeah. It's simple yeah. as that. I, I go live as often as I can to, throughout the day to kind of show, hey, I'm not editing things out. I'm not... I'm not hiding anything, right? No. Uh, I do, you know, sure, I post picturesque things right. on Instagram, but but I, I do try to show the real thing, and, and I try to educate. I know uh, just a couple of weeks ago I made a video about our French breakfast radishes that we're harvesting right now, and I was just... And how you were wrapping them up? You had the one big one in the middle with the six... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I was... I was I was pumped about it and I was excited. And, and two weeks later, someone gets on my live and says, I've tried three seed companies and they're all out of French breakfast radish seeds. Wow. And I'm like, I know we're on a seed shortage right now, but I'd like to think that my video inspired people to go <laughs> right, buy French right, breakfast radishes. And if we yeah. did that, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. People yeah. are getting excited about food again. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I'm, and it's got nothing to do with me and everything to do with my wife, but my wife has instilled a love of vegetables in my son. I don't know how. Good for we'll Cindy. We'll take it. It's great. Um, but it is cool to me that there, you just talking before a little bit now, like you've named off a bunch of vegetables I didn't know existed. Like, <laughs> sure. I know, I know a radish. I've never heard of a French radish. Exactly. You know? yeah. And the idea that, like, it's all being grown, hop, skip, and a jump. Exactly. Tw- 20 miles here. north. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the people, to, to me, that Hope Farms is using this as an opportunity to, not necessarily train up a new generation, but train up people to give them skills to be able to, to grow their own. And then kind of full circle, turn around and, and provide it to a, a community in need, kind of like you said, you called it a, a food desert. Food desert. Food desert. Which, when you say it, accurately describes the situation. Because exactly. a lot of people, it's not cheaper, but it's faster, supposedly, to just go to McDonald's and buy their McRib mm-hmm. and then not eat healthy at all. And there is such a difference with real vegetables. Absolutely. Like well, made, not made, but well preserved and, and presented sure. vegetables. And then unprocessed, unprocessed. There and you so go. I being involved with food inherently, I get nutritional questions a lot. And I always like oh, to sure. give the disclaimer of like, I'm not a nutritionalist. You know what I mean? I, not only do I eat a ton of vegetables and a lot of sweet stuff, I eat a ton of meat, right? Like I, sure. I eat around the plate, if you will. Um, but what I always challenge people to do, and I, I never shame anyone for their diet. I, I encourage people to eat, eat what they want, right? Yep. We can eat whatever we want. That's yep. the beautiful part about it, about having so many options. But what I try to do is present the facts as an agriculturalist of, I know how much it costs to grow the lettuce and the pickles and the onions on that burger. Right. And it's more than the cost of the whole burger itself. And so just bring that into question, kind of ask yourself, why, how did they get that so inexpensive? Right. You know, well, it, it, <laughs> I'll and, just let that marinate. And I know, you, I know you said you're not a nutritionist, and I can imagine you get a lot of those questions. Mm-hmm. If anybody here has questions about a nutritionist, they can go back and listen to our episode three, I believe, with Amy Shelton. And she is a nutritionist. There we go. She would love to meet up with you and talk, oh, I'm sure. Awesome. I think it would be that. great. Yeah. Uh, but by all means, go back and listen to episode three. I think you'll get some great information. But 
how do you continually come up with content? I know you said it's just what you're doing through the course of the day, sure. but it's, you're doing the same thing every day, seven days a week, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you continually come up with new content that people want to tune in and watch? So that's a great question. And um, I think the first thing being is sometimes I do a series called This Is Why We Grow, right? So anytime okay. I, usually my bigger videos are featuring a different crop that we grow. And so the This Is Why We Grow episodes are usually based on the most unique crop that I grow. Now, I usually have 22 crops in the ground at a time. Because wow. I'm, I, you know, it's 10 items in our subscription box, 10 to 12 items wow. in our subscription, and it's got to be different every week. Right. And so I generally have up to 22 items. And so that's half a year of videos yeah. once a week there. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? But, uh, and so the other thing is just, what could I film? If I just film my whole day, surely, you know what I mean? I probably film six hours a day and you see 60 seconds of it. Right. You know, there's bound to be something good in there. And to even back it up, some of the stuff I film isn't what people want to see. Some of them are flops. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you, I post I, I post three to four videos a day, and so some of them are flops inevitably, right. which is fine. Well, you know, it's fine. And I've seen that you're you have it set up. You, we talked about it here. You don't have it with you here, but you have something that holds your camera mm -hmm. and your phone up so you can record. Yep. I see you driving in the mornings, driving yep. in the evenings, just having conversations with people through just the course of the day, continuing to work as you're talking. Yep. Um, it's what kind of feedback do you get from the people that are listening to you? And so if I would back it up all the way back to my classroom, teaching ninth through 12th graders is a lot of times I'd, you can ask any of my past students, I'd bring a chair up to the front of the classroom and get everybody in a circle and we talk. Wow. Right. I've, I've worked in the industry for 10 years or, you know, what, eight years by the time I became a teacher. Right. Let's just have a conversation about growing food. Sure. You know, and uh, if you're at least 13, 14 years old, Generally, that goes a whole lot further than, hey, fill this worksheet out. <laughs> right. Hey, bubble the Scantron. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of those teaching um, strategies, I just applied at the farm. And a lot of those teaching strategies, I just apply right here on the phone. Right. You know, how can we just have a conversation? And, and if you learn something from it, awesome. Right. You know, I can talk. <laughs> I can, yeah. I can. It's just that one-sided conversation is tough to do. It yeah. is. Um, and I... Am blessed to have sixty thousand of the coolest followers that encourage me to continue to share what I do and, and constantly send cool questions. Sometimes I get on a live to answer a question that was left in a comment. You know, wow. sometimes I try to remember comments throughout sure. the day, and that's my script, if you will, on my way home of like, okay, let's run through these questions and gotcha. Yeah, that's good. well, and to me, you're utilizing the tools available to you to then reach people and, and for better or worse to reach younger people, yep. right? Like there's not a whole TikTok skews that way. Right. And oh, hundred so, percent. And for you to be able to utilize those resources to encourage people, to excite them about farming and about the process of growing from the seed to fruition, citrus and, and different vegetables and stuff. It just seems like a great thing that, while anyone could have done it, no one really did. Yep. Right. Like sure. You took it as an opportunity, and I think that's a really cool thing. And then also to be able to reach out to food deserts, like there's a purpose behind it. You're not just kind of doing it. And I don't know. I see a lot of people that are influencers who just do stuff to do stuff. They just do it to do yeah. it. Sure. And for you, you, you're using it as an opportunity to, again, I say full circle, but train up veterans and help them understand farming and, and processes, and then to then give to, 
needy people. Or, sure. You know, and then subscription boxes, it's a real good. We, we call that in the industry an intentional movement, right? Everything, and that goes all the way back to watching the way my family operated on a farm, right? And it can go back to the simplest part of your day of, if you're going to get up to do something, make sure you carry something with you. That way on your way back, you'll be carrying something back with you. Always an intentional movement. Let me, right? I, and, I hope my daughter's listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> but that, if you apply that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to preach. I'm not trying to sure. sound like a motive. I'm just, this is how we try to do it on the farm. If you apply that to your greater philosophy of thinking, right, where all of a sudden your daily intentional movements become like your goal setting, Right. If you can goal set with intentional movements, then you talk about feeding a food desert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned earlier that at any time you have twenty two different crops on the field and you said it's seven acres, right? So it's not just the same crop in the same place year round, right? It changes from time to time. I'm sure it doesn't all change your change. Okay, these twenty two are done, let's move in with something else. So how do yep. you how do you keep up with all of the knowledge that has to go into knowing that, <laughs> hey, the soil is more damp now, it's sure. hotter. How, how do you keep all of that straight? So first thing is, is there, there's a lot of gray hairs <laughs> on that chin, and I'm not that old. So very first thing is I have an awesome app called Tend, okay. right? So the technology and agriculture, it's, it's being applied everywhere from drones to, to satellites, to all the way down to our mobile devices. And, and a small farm is no different. I have an app that does a lot of the, the mind work for me. Um, the, the second thing is surrounding yourself by the right people. Uh, building a team. It took me a minute to build the team that I have now on the farm. It took me a minute to build the team. So surrounding yourself uh, by that um, intentional movement. Yeah. Right. No, it's it would be very easy, especially the way that I live my life connected to this device. It would be very easy to sit down in the greenhouse and just start scrolling and watching videos. And so not yeah. doing that. Getting uh, distracted. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes just being a little crazy and having a little grit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Keeping that that smile on. Right. And uh, I had someone ask me the other day on one of my videos. They said, do you ever get overwhelmed? And I've had it in my drafts to answer the question, but there's like, it would take me so long to answer it because the short answer is yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Of course I get overwhelmed. Uh, But it's such a longer answer than that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something that I've noticed with the intentionality of farmers. We, we, we interviewed Ryan Canopy. He grew up uh, working with his dad on the veterinary field. And, and I think, a lot of people nowadays just get overwhelmed and, you know, wipe their hands of it and they're done. Sure. And there's something to me about, you had mentioned grit, but people are, that are willing to, okay, this is, this is going to suck. This is going to be really tough, but it's not going to be done until we start. So let's get going. We had a saying in the army called embrace the suck. <laughs> <laughs> and actually Ryan Canopy came out to the farm about two weeks ago, three weeks, or right before New Year. I guess it's been longer than that. We, I operate by seasons, not days. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's been, it's, I guess it was back in December he came out. Um, and we talked a lot. Talked about feeding Alvin, right, and, right. and what that would look like. Feeding uh, in, in this type of subscription box manner around the plate, right, not just vegetables, but yeah. beef, right. Feeding Alvin around the plate. We had a lot of good conversations heading that direction. Yeah, uh, And just uh, sometimes a meeting of, 
of like-minded people who are in mm-hmm. similar fields is so beneficial. Right. right? We talked all earlier about the mental health capacity of someone who, who works in this type of industry 52 weeks out of the year. Sometimes we just got to decompress and visits like that. Right. I bet. They, yeah. They, they do it. Yeah. Well, and I know you said you were in the army and thanks for your service. Oh, yeah. You know, I know everybody says that a lot, but, but I truly mean it. Um, I know that you're, you're working with veterans that come in and help you. I know that they know what hard work is from the military, if nothing else, getting up PT in the morning, doing all those things you got to do, working through the day, sometimes going to bed late at night, sometimes not going to bed at all. So when they come in and they see the hard work that goes into it, there's a uh, probably a sense of of remembrance for them, like what sure. it was like in the military. But what about those that did not do that, that I don't, I don't want to say it in a bad way, but don't have that work ethic that, hey, you've got to just hammer through it. How, how do they react when they come in? Yeah, so that's a really, really tough question because I've probably never guessed the success of any of my trainees accurately. You know, I could say, oh, man, that person there, you know what I mean? They're from Iowa. They grew up on an Iowan corn farm, and they right. served 18 years in the Marines, and they're going to come here, and they're, and they're out the third day. Wow. You know, and then vice versa, you have a – young female trainee grew up inner city Detroit served you know three years in the Air Force and found out about the program comes down not only finishes the 90-day program but finishes the year program and is farming right now Wow! so you know ultimately ultimately some people just weren't meant to be farmers okay I think that's what anybody can be a farmer right if, if you if you're willing to educate yourself right you're willing to put in the hard work and maybe a little bit of craziness and develop some of that grit, right? Anybody can do it if they go down the right path, but, um, you have to want to do, you it. have to want to, you have to have the want, yeah. you got to have the want. So kind of to wrap it up, what is a way that people can find out more about hope farms? Yeah. So hope farms, org. That's got anything and everything that you could want to know about this awesome organization. HopeFarmsHTX.org, again, that's the organization, the nonprofit that I work for. And then if they want to follow you on TikTok. Yeah, so I'm at Farmer Froberg on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, right? I'm at Farmer Froberg at, at all platforms. Is there anything, what, what is the one thing that you at this age, if you went back and talked to yourself as a youth growing up on the farm with your family, and I, I also grew up on a, close knit. We had four generations that all lived together on the same acreage, right? So I know what that is like. What would you tell yourself now that you would do differently? Not just what you'd tell yourself, but how that would change where you ended up. I wish I would have um, put more attention into, into my family's operation. I wish I would have learned more from, from being and working on my family's operation. You know, we're, my uncle is currently farming his three generations deep. When I was there, I was a fourth-generation farmer working the same soil. Yeah. Um, but trying to do so many things at once, like I, I wish I would, even all the way back to my childhood, I wish I would have gone back and and taking that title of a fourth-generation farmer more seriously yeah. as a young person and, and really hyper-focused, especially when my grandfather was still alive, um, yeah. trying to gather as much knowledge as yeah. I could. 
Um, and I will say, I usually get this question a lot, and I'd love to throw it out there. Is I often get the question of, if a young person approaches me, what would I tell them to get into the ag industry? They wanted to work in the ag industry. Yeah. And, I ha and I have a, it's not rehearsed, but I have a similar answer that I usually give depending on the person. And that answer is this. Find someone where you want to do this. Go find someone. And whether it's in North Dakota, South Texas, or Australia, I don't care where it is, right? Find someone who's raising food or a product that you want to do in the same way. And go to them and say, I'll work for you for free for a month. Yeah. If you just let me just, and I'll do whatever. If it's 80 hours a week, hundred hours a week, I'll do it. Um, that that's what you need to do. If you want to be, if you really, really, really want to get into this industry and you have no idea where to start, I'd recommend that. I think okay. that's, I think that's a good piece of advice for anyone that wants for to anyone, do anything. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Too often people sit on the couch and say, boy, I, I could be. I'm holding out for that. a management position. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just go in and get your hands dirty. Right. Sometimes mm -hmm. literally. <laughs> and chances are, probably going to end up hired on that They're farm. Gonna, if you're a hard worker and exactly. you really have the desire to learn, I would agree with yeah. that. And if you don't, well, you're going to leave there with a whole lot of knowledge because right. you're going to do every job that that farmer could get you to do because you're doing it for free. And worst case scenario, it could be like you, you, you go through and say, you know what, this is not really this what I want to do. This is not what I want to do. You saved yourself right. a lifetime of, right. of pain and suffering. And, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. You know what, it, it feels like we say the same thing with most of our – uh, podcast towards the end, but I really could sit here and talk to you for much longer. I, I can see why uh, you're on some of your lives for so long. I so, warned you, I could be long-winded. I, I love okay. talking shop. Yeah, I you, love did, you did great shop. today. This was a, yeah. this was a good conversation. It's very helpful. It's good I, information. I do want to say, and I, and I stay live when I go into the coffee shop because yes, I love do. 1820 Coffee House. Oh, thank you. Hands down, Fantastic. favorite coffee thank in the you. seven county area. You know what? <laughs> Let me just throw this out there since you're talking about it. You, you've mentioned a couple of times Hey, go follow them. They're great. Yep. We have people that have started following us from Australia, from other uh, states that are following us, and they send us a message that say, Farmer Froberg told me to follow you. That's I love and that. So it, it's fantastic to see so we can tell when you've mentioned us yes. because there is traction. Here's it's what I, I believe in a good product. Like I always tell people, I've never accepted any type of payment from any account or product or anything like that because I just believe in a good product and I'm going to promote it if it's good. Right. You yeah. know, and I just, it's good coffee. But we appreciate that oh, for absolutely. sure. And and most of that comes because of the baristas we have. They do a fantastic oh, job. It's it, so friendly. The it, customer service, if impeccable. You, <laughs> if you're in there, just tell them, hey, this is what I typically like. Can you get me something that fits that taste range? And they're going to set you up. Yeah. Love it. So, all right. Well, thanks again. We hey, really appreciate thank it. Thank you all for having me. This Absolutely. is awesome. Oh, no, it was I great. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Creating Community is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. You can listen directly from our website as well. We would really appreciate your support by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. Another special thanks to the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce for allowing us to record here today. To learn more about the chamber, visit alvinmanvillechamber.org. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast.